Hey, we are on day, I think, eight. Are we of our fast? Who can tell me? I think, is it six? Well, it feels like eight, okay? Feels like 18 already. <laughs> Today's the seventh, so we're on day six. And uh, if you haven't been able to be a part of our fast yet, today's the ninth, so it is day eight. Is that, was I right? There we go. Well, whatever. We're on one of those days. And, uh, and anyway, if you haven't joined us in it, it's okay. Jump on board. We got two more weeks together, and it can be anything. It doesn't matter. It could just be chocolate or fast food or Coca-Cola or whatever you want to give to the Lord. And uh, let's just take some time to believe God for some amazing things, amen, the next couple weeks. Really excited. We had our Thursday night prayer, our first one, Thursday night at 7, and we had a great turnout, and it was just a beautiful spirit in the house. And uh, so I'm just looking forward to what's to come. I want to uh, acknowledge our keyboard player. Some of you are like, who's that guy up there? Alex. He's married to a beautiful girl, Annie, and they got their first baby on the way. And it's their miracle baby, so she's not with us right now, but uh, he's going to be hanging out with us for a little while. So we're really excited about that. He's working with our team, and uh, we're just really excited. So anyway, I also have another announcement today, and uh, it's a bittersweet one, but we, how many love Pastor Bowen say? <laughs> so, we're putting on repeat, right? <laughs> we love them so much, and they're such an integral part of our ministry, aren't they? And they have so many incredible relationships with all of you, really. And uh, this last year, uh, they, they really were focusing on their poly praise ministry, and God opened up that door, and, and they were doing things in the ministry, they'll go, they'll go anywhere Bishop told them to go, and, and they'll flourish and grow. And in this last year, they've been having a heart to pour more into their ministry, um, but not sure how to kind of bring that about. Like, how do you say that, you know? So they went to Bishop and Pastor Gloria, and they didn't tell them anything. They just said, would you be praying over us during this fast for our family? And it was something I knew in my spirit. It was their time uh, to be released into full-time ministry of their, their ministry, um, but they presented it to Bishop. And uh, within this fast time, he called back and said, yes, I believe it's time for you to go full time into poly praise. And so next Sunday, we're going to be really, yes, give it up because that's a good thing. That is a good thing. They are saving children and loving on the children, and that's just a small part of what they do. And, and we don't know what other doors God's going to open up. The, the, poly, uh, the, the Tongan people are really pulling on them and on Pastor Say and his wisdom. And, you know, Bishop uh, really raised them since she was 17. I don't know how old you were. were you, uh, are you two years older than Pastor Bro? I don't even know. Anyway, are you younger? Okay, we'll keep it a secret. But anyway... Uh, they were just kids, 17, when they came under Bishop's covering. They've been with Faith Builders for 20 years. And, uh, you know, our mission statement is equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And we can't have that in the four walls, you know. And so they're uh, incredible in the highways and the byways. And that's really where they, they flourish anywhere. But that's really the season God's calling them to. And so we want to release them. And they're leaving as, uh, not leaving, but they're being released out from Faith Builders. Um, they are friends of our ministry, so may say, Amen. They are family of our ministry. Somebody say amen. And we're not saying goodbye. We just have to release them so they can focus and God can open the doors that need to be open. And so there'll be an extension of the fruit of Bishop and Pastor Gloria that has poured into their life. And so it's very exciting. So on Facebook, celebrate, love them, and uh, they'll peek in and out when they can and they'll still be a part of our church. Amen. It's good. We're expanding, you know. 
Oh, sorry, next Sunday will be our releasing service. Thank you. Um, during second service, uh, Bishop and Pastor Gloria are going to send something uh, to be a part of this and really put their, their stamp on this. And uh, then we'll do a beautiful service and we'll celebrate in the courtyard uh, following. So hang out for a little bit after next week. Amen. So tell everybody, get them here. So get them a card, love on them, bless them. Amen. That's the right thing to do. God's so good. So. Thank you. All right, so guess what? I am moving on to a new series today, everybody. I did two weeks on Lost, and then I kind of felt like, okay, we covered that. Uh, but during this fast, as we started, especially after Thursday night, <clears throat> excuse me, Thursday night prayer time together, there was such a sweetness of God. And I sensed that this morning, too, when we kind of just went into that end part of our worship, is it's like God is just slowing things down right now, you know, and he's just allowing, what I mean by slow down is he wants us just to settle in his presence. You know, it's easy to get in the hype, and there's moments of hype, and there's breakthrough in hype, and we know there's shout, you know, there's victory in our shout, but it just seems like God is kind of moving in this quietness, that we can just really slow down and get out of ourselves and really identify with him in this season, and his presence, and, and when things are slowed down, you hear God so much better. When things are fast and moving and functioning, it's really hard to really hear clearly. But when things kind of just set back is where you can just kind of rest in God's presence. And he begins to settle the noise and he settles the fear and the frustrations. And, and then he begins to speak to us, you know, in that beautiful, still, small voice that he has. And so because of that, God really put in my spirit the next few weeks. I don't know how many weeks I'm going to go into this because there's so much. But the Lord really wants me to talk to you about being atmosphere carriers, that you are carriers of the presence of God. You are an atmosphere carrier of the anointing and the glory of God. No matter how you feel, no matter what looks like, there is an anointing and aroma of God, or at least it should be in our life. I believe God is shifting the church. I think he has been for a while. And, and now definitely the, the American church, well, I guess all churches have been shaken, haven't they? Like, what is going on? I think God's in, in part of this because God is, is saying in this season, it's not about the hype and it's not about all the lights and all those things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But God really wants us to get to the core to say, I'm not moving by charisma anymore. And I'm not moving just by hype anymore. There was a time for that, and it was awesome. I was a youth pastor for eight years. You better have some hype in that a little bit just to kind of, you know, reel them in. But now God's like, it's not going to be about the hype. He's calling the church to another level of maturity. And that is that we are carriers of his presence. Learning the presence of God, not just here in the church. Now, this will be a wonderful place. I know we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. I know we're going to see blinded eyes open. I know we're going to see the lame walk. I know we're going to hear, ear, hear deaf ears open. I know that's going to happen, but it's not just supposed to happen in the church. We are supposed to be carriers of the aroma of God in the world. And when we as the church are carriers of that presence, that's when we'll begin to see the move of God. That means it's going to happen on your job. It's going to happen at the grocery store. It's going to happen filling up your gas tank or in your family members. Because where God shows up, miracles happen. That's why I love that song today. Love that. Where God, miracles are happening, amen. And we're, when we're aware and we understand the, the presence of God in our life, we will have boldness and confidence to step out and do what God's called us to do. So I want to ask you this morning, 
what are you carrying? Now, I can't tell you what you're carrying. I mean, I maybe could prophetically look at you, but this is to us to take a look in our spiritual walk with God. What are we carrying? Am I carrying his power and his authority and his joy and his hope? Am I confident in this season or am I carrying things that I shouldn't be carrying in this season? Is it time to let those things go and allow the aroma of God to be the first thing people identify in our lives? We'll study scripture here in just a minute, but it's not about what you say that really affects people. It's the presence of God that changes people's lives. And when you walk into a room, and we'll study this here in a couple weeks, but you change the atmosphere as a carrier of the anointing. So you can walk into a room with the, with the presence of God, and whatever's going on in that room has to shift because of your presence of Jesus in your life. Amen? And when you know that, you can have boldness and confidence. So are, let me ask you this. Are you in your life affecting people that are to push them forward into Jesus? Are what we're doing in our life pushing peop, people up to Jesus, to know him more, know his voice more, know his power? You know, and I want you to understand this. As we study this, this is not about the works of the flesh. This is not about legalism, you know, because you're going to want to feel like, well, I want his presence and I want his anointing. As we get into all of this, it has nothing to do with the works of the flesh. There's nothing you could do in the carnality to manifest the aroma of God. And I'm going to teach you that. Amen. But if the aroma is around me, it's going to affect change around me. Amen. You may have women that don't have Christian husbands. And because they know the presence of God, they can go home and that, that uh, unsaved man is going to be troubled by the Holy Spirit. And I don't have to say anything to him. Your ch children, teenagers may not be serving God. You don't always have to have a conversation. Walk in and go, God, you are with me. Your aroma is with me. My son's going to feel your presence. My son or daughter's going to feel your glory. They're going to feel conviction by the Holy Spirit. And I'm just cooking pasta. I'm just baking a cake, and, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit's touching my family. Why? Because I know what I carry, who I carry in my life. Amen? It changes everything. Thank you, Jesus. So Christ followers, we walk in integrity, right? We walk in integrity. We should be walk, walking with a heart full of faith. The world is just throwing everything at us that is opposite against to God moving in this, in this nation right now. Everything's negative. Everything's fearful. What's going to happen next and what's on the news? But when I'm full of faith, I cannot be moved. When I have the word of God on the inside of me, nothing can shake me. And a, a, a faith-filled person should know your biblical principles and conviction. It's not enough just to come to church and just say, oh, that was a great word, and then you go home and you really don't know your own faith. Because we're going into a world that's going to challenge our faith. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's happening in the world today. Things are going to challenge what we really believe. But if I know personally the principles of the word of God, I cannot be moved. The enemy cannot convict me. The world can't rattle or shake me because as a mature believer, I've got the principles of the word of God in my life. And I'm finding them for myself so that I can have the aroma of God when I go into the world and somebody is drawn to me because of the power of God, I will have the word of God to pour out on them. 
I'll be able, you could be ticked off at somebody, you could have just hung the phone up with somebody and so mad, and God sends you somebody to pray for them, and you're so mad, but you can step out into the aroma of God. You can step out to the anointing of God and lay hands on them, speak life and hope to them, and see God touch them, not because of how you feel, and not because of how religious or spiritual you feel, but of the God on the inside of you. I know that my God is with me, amen? And when a person, a believer, knows this presence of God, when you know the intimacy with Jesus, you now are releasing the authenticity of God. And if the world has ever need an authentic God, it's right now. They need to know God. They don't need religion. They don't need rules. They don't need regulation. They need demonstrations and power of the Holy Spirit. And you may not ever get them in that back door right away, but you can reach them out there where you're at. And that's when this move and revival begins to happen. I tell you what, you want an excited church, you want a church moving forward, it's churches who are doing the miracles of God outside of the four walls. That's somebody who's excited. That's somebody who's happy about their life. So how do we do that? We want to move people towards God's presence, God's power, God's love, and God's forgiveness. I remember when uh, Bishop was, uh, just got saved, and he used to go to all these parties and party all the time. And so he decided to go to this house that his brother was having a party. And he walked in the door, and of course there's music blaring, everybody's drinking and all this. And, and uh, he walked in and said, guess what, everybody? I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> and it was just, they like, all the music went down. It was like, and everybody started exiting. And, you know, they did not want to hear about this. But one man stuck around. And my dad began to talk to him, and, and he'd say, the guy would challenge him with a question, and my dad would, oh, and he'd tell him the answer. And then he'd challenge him with another question. Oh, here's the answer, right? And it was like this battling back and forth for like a good couple hours. And he wasn't a believer. He was a, not Antichrist, but he didn't believe in Christ. Is that called Antichrist? Yeah. Atheist, thank you. He wasn't the Antichrist. He was the atheist. <laughs> what's, that, what's that woman preaching up there? Doctrines of demons. <laughs> An atheist. So after two hours of having this bantering back and forth, he said, I have to stop you. Told my dad, I have to stop you. He goes, I believe there's a God. And my dad's like, what? That's awesome. He said, can you tell me what part of this like, made it work? What made you believe that God was real? What did I say? So he would know what to say maybe the next time. And he said, no, it wasn't anything you said. I can see him in your eyes. It's believers we, or Christians, we think we got to have all this. Gar- no, he saved me, man. He delivered me. I don't know much how to point it out, but God set me free, changed my life, saved my children, restored my marriage. I mean, God came in my life. And people are going to go, that is what I want. What must I do to have what you have? That's what I'm talking about. We've got to get out of this religiosity of all these things and just step up and know it is God in our life. Amen? So let's talk about this. Believers have a personal atmosphere. And the first one is you have to understand you have the Jesus atmosphere. You carry Jesus in your life. And when you have that personal relationship with Jesus, I talked about it last week, and you know, if you don't fully understand that, I went in depth last Sunday, but you can listen to it online for free. But when you have that relationship where you're talking with God and, and God talks to you and, and you're just having this one-on-one, you are carrying that time that you spent with the Lord. 
There's an aroma about you as you spend time with God, not just church attendance, but in that intimacy with the Father. I said this in first service, but you know, you ever gone to a restaurant? I was talking about those Chinese restaurants where they cook right in front of you and they ta-ta-ta-ta and they throw those things up. See, there's like 10 of them again this service. All of them. You know, Mexican restaurant, whatever it is, what happens if you've been sitting there a long amount of time? You walk out smelling like that restaurant. They're like, oh, you smell like you ate Mexican, you know, or whatever, you know. Why? Because when you're around something, what's around you gets off on you. So you have to understand when you're in the word and you're talking to Jesus, it's not religion. I'm getting Jesus on me. I'm getting his presence on me. I'm getting his glory on me. I can't help but walk out of this time with Jesus smelling and looking like Jesus. Not this earth suit, because this thing's messed up, right? My mind and emotions messed up, but I've got Jesus with me wherever I go because I have the Jesus atmosphere. Amen? And that's when miracles begin to happen. That's when you begin to have influence over people in their life when you have that aroma of Jesus. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. I love this. It says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, right, God through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge. Now let's stop right there. That word diffuses means to make manifest. So the God in you is going to make manifest. How many of you own a diffuser at home? I have one. I love the essential oils. And you put the oils in there and you turn it on and what's in that diffuser begins, diffuser begins to manifest. There's this mist and there's this aroma. See, when you have God in you, it can't help but manifest the diffusing, the presence of God. But if you look at this, he says, it diffuses the fragrance of his Knowledge, everybody say knowledge. See, there's something about the knowledge of God. You can know the word of God. You can uh, study scriptures, study books. But if you have just a head knowledge, it's really not the aroma to change lives. Now, that word fragrance there in that scripture, diffuse the fragrance of his knowledge, there is something. That word fragrance means a smell. So someone who knows the word there's a smell, which is wonderful. And they may be self-righteous, and it ain't a good smell. Somebody say amen. Right? There's a smell of head nut, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you continue the rest of the scripture, it says this. Um, the knowledge of, in every place, verse 15. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ. So I want you to see here. Head knowledge is wonderful. There's a smell of the word of God. But to God, when he sees me, I'm a fragrance of the Christ that lives on the inside of me. It's more than just head knowledge. It's experiential. I know his presence. I sit with him. I study with him. I worship him. Now I've experienced him. And that word fragrance in that part of the scripture means this. It means sweet and savor. Now, when, when we used to go to the movies back in the old days, we could say that now. <laughs> back in the old days, we can tell you. I used to get my big old bag of popcorn, and I liked the ranch powder, and I liked uh, the cheddar cheese. Is that the, I can't remember. And then I would buy a box of Milk Duds, and I'd pour that on the top of my popcorn so I could get a little sweet. I'd get a little salty. 
little sweet, like it was just like the perfect balance. And that's the fragrance of God, amen. It's sweet and it's wonderful and it's a fragrance for everyone to enjoy, not only you but everyone around you. But the rest of that word means this, a thing that is well-pleasing. Listen, it's a smell that God is pleased with. That's what that word means. It's a smell that God is pleased with. When you love God and you're worshiping him, at the moment that you do that, that aroma is going to the throne room of God and he is pleased with you. It's not about the works. It's not about the law and the do's and the don'ts. It's about my worship to God. And it made me think immediately of, in Matthew 3.17 where Jesus was baptized, remember? He came, and he got water baptized, and when he came up out of the water, the Bible says heaven opened up. We'll talk a lot about that, I think, next week. But heaven opened up, and what did God say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why? Because God saw his presence on his son. Jesus hadn't done one miracle, hadn't done one sign and wonder, nothing. God says, I love you. I seal you with my presence because you're my kid. And we've got to get that in our hearts. We get so works. And should we read our Bible? And yes, we should obey him and all those things. But at the end of the day, his aroma is just his presence that's in my life. And thank you, Jesus, because if I had to earn it on my own, I'd never make it. So verse 15, for now we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Listen, among those who are being saved and among those to who are perishing. Why do we need the glory of God? Why do I need the fragrance, I mean, the smell of God? Not just for myself, for the lost. That when I go to the world, I may look like a normal person, but when they meet me, there's something different about me. And they can't quite put their finger on it, but there's something about hope. There's something about life giving. They want to get around you. They want to talk to you a little bit. They want to tell you their problems. Why? Because of the aroma of God. Amen. And you carry that as his kid. Verse 16 says, to the one, we are aroma of death leading to death. And to another, the aroma of life leading to life. So what does that mean? In this scripture, if the Israelites were to take over the, Ro the Romans in battle and they take them in as slaves, what the Israelites <clears throat> would do, excuse me, they would burn incense. And that incense to them, the Israelites, was the smell of victory. But to those who were taken captive, they smelt the same thing, but it was the smell of defeat. So there are two smells that happen that we see in Scripture. There's the good aroma, but there also is a bad aroma. So in our life, we have to ask ourselves, am I carrying this bad aroma that I need to give over and give to God? Am I carrying a negativity? Am I murmuring and complaining all the time? Am I causing strife and division and being critical, right? Do I have a bad attitude? Are the things coming out of my mouth not good? Those are things that create that bad atmosphere. And God is saying you've got it, because if you stay in that atmosphere, you'll create the results of that in your life. But if I'm going into the glory of God, if I'm going to the word even though I'm afraid, if I'm going, I'm going to worship him anyway. I'm going to worship him afraid. I'm going to worship him un, un, not sure with what's going to happen, fear and all these things. All of a sudden, what that aroma would send me to death, that same, the new aroma is going to send me to life. Amen. Isn't that good? So what I want you to see here that in our lives, you have a pleasing aroma 
to God. So let's look at Genesis 8, verse 20 and 21. It says this, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bird, and look at this, offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now, I want you to see here that if you take the birds and the animals and you bring them to the altar of sacrifice, it doesn't seem like a pleasant thing to me. It seems like you'd be kind of gross. You know, you're cutting the animals open, blood and guts are going everywhere, and with that's going to be a stench that's kind of gross, right? And if you look at that altar of sacrifice, it reminds me that as, as Christians, we sacrifice to the Lord many things. We sacrifice our time to God. We come and serve in the church. We come on Monday nights for rehearsal in the band, and then we come on Sundays and we greet, and we're doing all of this sacrifice. And sometimes in the flesh, it's not pleasant. There's sometimes I don't want to show up and be obedient. There's sometimes I don't even feel like going to church. I don't want to sacrifice anymore. I don't want to give anymore, right? And it seems like this flesh, it's so hard to keep giving. But if you look at that scripture, it requires the sacrifice first, even though it looks messy and stinky. And the rest of that verse goes on to say, and the Lord, verse 21, smelled a soothing aroma. So wait a minute. The altar of sacrifice is ugly, and it stinks, and it's things we don't want to do. It's times where we don't know what God is doing. I keep obeying, and he's not showing up yet. I keep trusting him, and the miracle hasn't happened. And we wonder, what is God doing? God says, no, when you make the sacrifice, that may be ugly to you, but it's a soothing, beautiful aroma to me. So you've got to understand that every time you obey God, Every time you come to the church to serve, every time you sacrifice in whatever it is, it is not gone unnoticed by the Father. The moment that you make it, there's an aroma that gets the attention of God. And it may be ugly to you, but to God, it gets his attention. You have to get back and say, I'm going to serve with joy. I'm going to love my church with joy again. I'm going to worship with joy again. I'm going to do what I'm called to do, no matter what it feels like, knowing that God is on my side. One of my I, favorite verses, and I say that for every verse, it's pretty true, but Hebrews 10, 6, 6, 10 says this, God has not forgotten your labor of love. Areas that you sacrifice, area that you're obeying, and maybe you're giving sacrificially or whatever it is, God has not forgotten your labor of love, which you have shown towards his name in that you minister to the saints and you continue to do so. Your work for God does not go unnoticed. It may not be rewarded yet, but it has gotten the attention of God. Isn't that beautiful? God is so good. So what does God do? He, he is aroma because of the Jesus in you. He's an aroma because of the sacrifices you make in your life. Let's look at Numbers 28, verse 27. He said this, you shall present a burnt offering as a sweet aroma to the Lord. There it is again. Things that you sacrifice do not go unnoticed. They may not be rewarded yet, but they don't go unnoticed. They are sweet aroma to God. Doesn't that make serving God just a little bit better? You know, when you fasted and you didn't want to and you did it anyway, man, my God, I got God's attention, right? What happened? I took on the aroma of God. You have to let that faith excite you that every time you are doing what God's called you to do, you are taking on the smell of God. 
And I'm like, God, if I'm not going to eat, I hope I take on your smell so I can change somebody's life. Amen. If I'm going without my Oreo cookies and milk at midnight, Jesus better show up and move, right? No, it's exciting. That's where now you've got your faith up there. I don't know when or how he's going to do it, but I know I've got the aroma of my God. I know I've got the anointing of God. I know somebody that I run into is going to feel the love of God and the hope of God, and I don't know what part I can play, but I know if I show up, things will begin to change. Such a good God we serve. That burnt offering is a sweet aroma to the Lord. If you look at uh, Psalms 141, verse 2, it says this, Let my prayers be set before you as a incense. So what else creates the aroma of God? Prayer. And guess what? Prayer is not always fun, is it? I mean, let's just keep it real. It's not always enjoyable. Now, when you're in it, you're like, you feel God. You're like, yeah, God shows up. But there's times where you walk and pray, and you're like, I think my prayers are hitting the ceiling. I kind of feel like I'm the Charlie Brown school teacher. Wah, 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 wah. But Scripture says, when I pray, not how I feel, not if it's prophetic, not if, you know, lightning striking. When I pray, it's an incense to the presence of God. That means he smells my prayer. I'm in my car, Jesus. He smells my prayer. I'm in the shower. I'm cooking. It doesn't matter. He smells prayer because it gets the attention of God. Isn't that good? If you study, it makes prayer better, doesn't it? I'm not just praying to be religious. I'm not just praying to try to get, get a breakthrough. No, I'm praying, and my prayers are like a smelling aroma to the presence of God. What we wouldn't do to get the attention of God. And we think we got to crawl through broken glass and we've got to be religious. And God, just pray. Just talk to me. You'll have my presence. you have my attention right now. If you draw an eye to me, I'm going to draw an eye to you. It's that easy. But we make it so hard. We make it so religious. And God's like, you're my kids. I love you. Amen? If you study the uh, Old Testament, we did a study for the women's ministry on the tabernacle. And it was so good. And we went through each piece of the tabernacle and what it symbolically meant. Something I never saw till that study was if you went, once the priest got into the Holy of Holies, I always knew the Ark of the Covenant was there. But before the Ark of the Covenant, they burned incense right in front of the Ark 24-7. And it went up like a, fuse, like a diffuser would go up in the air. And before the, the high priest could get to the presence of God, he had to go through the incense. It's a beautiful picture. He had to smell like God. He's got to go through prayer, not religiously, but it's my relationship with God. I'm going to go through prayer with my Father, and when I get through that, I'm, going to, I'm able to touch his presence. Amen? But we've got it all backwards. We think we've got to do all these things, and God's like, no, I'm here for you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. There's a study. Uh, they said when the uh, high priest would go in, that once a year he'd get to go into the presence of God, he would anoint himself with all the oils. And he had such a distinct smell because of that time he was in the, in the Holy of Holies that when they would smell, they would say, there's the anointing of God. Because the high priest was bathed in that anointing. See, when, when you are bathed in the aroma of God, people will sense it. It's not a natural smell, obviously, but it's a spiritual smell. And that's when the church will begin to be seen where the Bible says the highways and the byways, where the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And we're few because we don't feel qualified. 
We're, we're few because we don't think like we have the right words to say or what if God doesn't show up. I, I think I taught Quinn this years ago that our responsibility as Christ followers is not the miracle. It's not my job. That's God's job. But I, when I pray, one important thing I pray beyond the miracles, Lord, let them feel you. Because the church, we're used to his presence. We're used to his anointing. We're, we're so accustomed to it. But the world isn't. They're empty and they're void and they're lonely and they're hurting and broken. So if I have one moment that they can feel God's presence, that's everything. Because they'll walk away with something that they've never had before. And if the miracle comes, that's awesome. But more than anything, they felt God. Not because I could do it, but because I'm carrying him. You're carrying the aroma of God. And you have the ability to lay hands on anyone. It's not about your much speaking. I don't know if I said this in this service. Sometimes I get confused, but my uh, cousin took me to the hospital visitation. And uh, I'm like, I'll go with you, but I ain't saying a word. I'm just going to stand in the background. I'm going to watch you. I'll let you pray. I mean, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, we walk in, and, and, you know, I would just take over. I, blah, 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 blah. I, mean, I could pray the house down. I love to pray. I pray the house down. And, you know, I don't, I don't know really if anything happened. I'm sure God moved or whatever. But he would just walk up, and he'd put his hand just real quiet like these go, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. That's it. And they'd get healed. See, it's not about all this fluff we put on it. It's the aroma of God. It's his glory that heals. We've got to take all the garbage out, amen, and allow God to just flow through us. Amen. All right. Third, second thing, and we're going to close with this this morning of a couple minutes. You have the uh, Christ is, is in us is the atmosphere. So because you have Christ in you, the aroma of God flows through you. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself as to whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Where is Jesus in you. You have the aroma because you have Jesus in you. Thank you, Jesus. You have the power of God because of Jesus in you. You have breakthrough anointing because of Jesus in you. You can lay hands on the sick and see them recover because of Jesus in you. That just set us free right there. Amen. I can do what God calls me to do because Jesus is in me. I don't need all that other stuff. I've got the power of God living on the inside of me. Galatians 4.19 says this. It says, my little children for whom I labor in birth until, again, until Christ is formed in you. What does that mean? Jesus comes in you when you get born again, but he needs to form you. He needs to mature you. He needs to equip you, amen? So Jesus is inside working on the inside of you, creating the atmosphere of his presence. And let's close with this verse, Ephesians 5, verses 1 through 2. I'm going to read it out of my Bible really quick. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God. Now, we're talking about Jesus died on the cross. He died an ugly death. 
He was beaten. We know all of those things. All the blood was drawn from his body for the healing of our body today. We know all those things. But Jesus said, but in addition, when I died because of that ugly sacrifice, I became a sweet-smelling aroma. And we think of the cross as our sins and, and healing and all of that, and it's wonderful, but it became an aroma of Jesus on the inside of you. So wherever you go, that aroma heals, delivers, saves, set free because of the covenant of the cross. Amen. And God is working that in us. If you study uh, the story, and we, we all know this story, but in Mark chapter 14 where Mary came in and she uh, was sitting at the feet of Jesus and Mary carried in this alabaster box of perfume and if you look at that scripture, it doesn't say she just broke open one side and poured out, which would have been great in itself. But the Bible records in Mark that she crushed it. She crushed that box and the perfume poured out. And when I read that, I was like, man, when all the crushed pieces, you can never put that back together again to get that perfume back. It was, it was, it was broken open. And that's how it is when we come to Christ. God is not crushing us, like breaking us, but he's like, when you give your all to me, when you say, here I am, God, all that I am, I will serve you. There's no going back. There's no compromise. I'm going to break myself wide open and let all that I am be poured out on all that you are. And not only did Mary pour it all out because she saw the revelation of who Jesus was. She was anointing him for his death, burial, and his resurrection. She had a revelation of the Messiah. So not only did she benefit from the pouring out of that perfume, but guess what? When she broke it, everyone in the room smelled the aroma of that perfume. Everyone benefited because of her openness to the Father. That's what you walk in as his kid. When you give it all, everyone around you benefits from your aroma, from your presence of God. So your worth in Jesus has to come back. Your understanding of Christ in you has to be a revelation so that you can do the works of the kingdom of Christ. Amen. I know when, when uh, we would pray over land and stuff and my brother uh, was like big territory, we were praying in Beloit. And he just put anointing oil on his feet, you know, symbolic. And everywhere he walked, he just said, claiming it for Jesus. The blessings of God, the favor of God, open doors, open heaven. But in, in the spirit, that's what you do. You walk into your job and you have to demand favor. You have to have promotion. Why? Because God is showing up in my room. God is showing up when I turn on that computer. God is showing up when I go lay hands on someone because I've got God on my side. And when you know that, you can do so many things for Jesus. Listen, church, you are atmosphere changers. We're going to go into that more next week, but you are atmosphere changers. Let me give you one example, Paul and Silas. He was imprisoned, falsely accused, doing the work of Jesus, in a dark, dirty, wet cell, forgotten. But he knew the aroma of God. And he said, what's in me can change the atmosphere of where I'm at. 
And he said, I'm not going to look at what I see, but I'm going to praise God. And his worship and aroma broke every chain in that place. And everyone was set free. And the, the prison guard was saved in his entire household. Do you see how one person that will say, I can change the atmosphere of what I'm facing and how everybody else can be set free because of it. That's where God wants his church to be. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you this morning for this incredible church, God. I thank you this morning for your, your aroma, Jesus, that's in us and flows through us and is around us, Father God. I break any place where they feel religion, Father God, and, and condemnation because they don't feel good enough or worthy. Lord, we just break that in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, we have Christ in us which throw, flows your power through us, Father God. And we thank you for boldness and courage and revelation as we unpackage this over the next few weeks, Father God. We love you and we celebrate you, Jesus. In his precious name, everyone said Amen and amen. God bless you guys. And welcome, amen, Pastor Paul. Amen.